Welcome to the Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altris. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Today we're continuing the theme of education in our businesses and workplace. And this is a topic that we're particularly excited to bring to you. It's the power of mentoring. Investing in Hawaii's future through mentoring. You've heard us mention it, especially in the last few broadcasts, how critically important this can be uh, to young people coming into business. And our guests today are going to tell us more about it. Lord Ryan Lazardo is the Director of Work-Based Learning at the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii. And as that director, he's responsible for connecting public schools and businesses for workforce development opportunities for Hawaii's youth. As intermediary, he creates access to partnerships, resources, inter- internship opportunities, and virtual, nowadays, or in-person connections to develop a pipeline from middle school to high school to post-secondary. He grew up in Ever Beach and earned his undergraduate degree in Integrated Educational Studies at Chapman University and his master's degree in secondary education at John Hopkins University. Prior to his role at the Chamber, Lord Ryan was a psychology and sociology teacher at James Campbell High School and coached Teachers for America. And joining him today is Kyle Madriaga. Kyle is a Treasury Investment Officer at First Hawaiian Bank. He graduated from Hawaii Pacific University with a bachelor's degree in business administration. He serves at the co-chair of Pearl City High School's International Business and Design Academy Advisory Board. And in the past year, he has mentored five students from Pearl City High School. Well, welcome both of you. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Lord Ryan, we've been talking a lot about mentoring recently. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Let's talk about what you do in regard to work-based learning, which really sounds like it's another word for mentoring. Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's another word for mentoring, but there's also so many things that fall under work-based learning. So you said a little bit about my int- in my introduction about work-based learning and what it is. Um, so essentially, work-based learning is the idea of bringing like, businesses together with our educators and providing these real-world experiences um, for our students. Um, and one of the things that we're seeing um, that's a trend in our Hawaii high schools is this idea of bringing like this academy system. So I, I kind of compare it similar to like a college um, where, you know, you have the school of business or you have the school of education. Our high schools are starting to model that. Um, and so our students are asked to pick a pathway as early as middle school. Um, like, so they might want to go into engineering. So they go into engineering in high school and their core classes actually surround that specific industry. And so it's really needed now for our industry folks to come together um, to support these high school students um, in learning about that specific pathway. And so work-based learning actually provides those opportunities. So those, those field trips, those um, guest speaker experiences, those internships. And of course, we're here to talk about mentoring. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about why mentoring is so deeply important um, to our high school students and their futures. Now, it seems to me in the past, just in the past year, actually, mm-hmm. there seem to be more businesses jumping on board, working with high school students, more people realizing this is the way forward. This is how we grow talent in Hawaii. Is that your experience? Oh, yeah. And it's exciting. I think I think one of the reasons why businesses are getting involved is the fact that they're building their potential pipeline, right, for work. Um, and we're seeing a lot of our local students get really interested in some of the industries here. Um, and so my, our hope, right, is that we have young leaders that either stay in Hawaii, go off or come back to Hawaii, and then potentially remember those industries that they worked with in high school and want to, again, go and meet with them or 
find a job with them, right? And so hopefully that builds that pipeline. Um, and I think that's why a lot of our industry partners are getting involved. And the fact that they get to work with kids. Mm-hmm. I think kids are really fun to work with and they're exciting. Um, and it's a really great way to give back to the community. And, you know, what's exciting too is, and I know that you know this, but we were just having a conversation in an earlier podcast with Keala Peters yeah. talking about how data is now being used so strongly to show the areas of of business um, where we need more homegrown talent, where mm-hmm. there's an absolute uh, arena for like healthcare, for example, yeah. um, IT. Yeah. We know without any shadow of a doubt, we need to grow in these areas. And so it gives great opportunity to someone in high school to say to them, hey, you will get a job in this area if you train. Yeah, and work-based learning, I think, leads into that. I think it's really just edu- educating our youth that there's opportunities here. Um, I think Keala, um, if she mentioned this in, in the most previous podcasts, um, it, she talks a little bit probably about the fact that we have all of these positions and not a lot of local talent that can fill them. Um, so can we bring this local talent starting from high school, middle school, even elementary, really, and start to build up this pipeline for these students to take over these jobs in the future? Yeah, it's a very exciting time. And it really does feel that more and more businesses are getting involved. Kyle, you're the Treasury Investment Officer at First Hawaiian Bank. Obviously, First Hawaiian Bank is one of those huge organizations that, you know, people do think, oh, I would want to work in a bank. I'll go and start training. What about your path from school? What, how did you end up at First Hawaiian Bank? Yeah, that's a great question. And it also kind of also ties into this whole mentorship thing, because really, how I got here were because of my mentors. Um, in high school, I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do. I wanted to do computer science. I was interested in coding, video games, but I was also in, into shows like NCIS, Criminal Minds. I was interested in criminology, but ultimately I chose business because of my parents. I, I sought guidance from them and they thought that I would have a more stable job pursuing a degree in business than I would with any other degree. So. I pursued that pathway and going through college, I still had no idea what I exactly I wanted to do. I was taking marketing, economics, uh, business management. And it wasn't until I took finance and met my finance professor that I learned that I really love this stuff. My finance professor actually also introduced me to a professional certification called Chartered Financial Analyst. Um, it's a very difficult um, certification the exams are very difficult it's a very rigorous program but it talks about the investment management profession and i loved it um, and i owe that all to him so if you were to kind of chart my my life on a plot you would see that it wasn't linear because life wasn't linear there's all these bends and twists and turns and at the center of it was a mentor and what i mean this is just me personally i would just like to know but what exactly do you like what does your work involve and I, I really won't say how funny I thought it was that you're so interested in criminology and you ended up working at a bank, but we'll, <laughs> we'll let that one pass. But what do you do? Like, what's a treasury investment officer's work? Yeah, so I work in the bank's treasury investment division. And basically, in a nutshell, what we do is we manage the bank's risks, stuff like interest rate risk, currency risk, foreign exchange, um, liquidity risk. And one of the levers that I work on, which is investment portfolio, um, we that lever helps manage those risks, those exposures to the balance sheet. So that's kind of what I'm involved in. And that's how it kind of ties to finance. And what was it about that that you thought, I love this? I mean, I, I, I really like the way you told your story that you did all kinds of other things. And all of a sudden it was like, yes, the light went on. This is what I want to do. Yeah, it was, I think 
what it was was finance it kind of ties the numbers i really loved math i took calculus in high school but i i guess i didn't go down the engineering pathway but really i loved the numbers i loved how it ties into strategy business strategy i also love business because businesses could also be very impactful to the community so that's how i i love finance it, it just ties everything together now does that help you when you're mentoring because i would imagine that you're able to look at students and know that they're not really aware sometimes of what they want to do it's it's exposing them to different things that is the work of a true mentor right yeah exactly um exposing so a lot of the mentees that i worked with over the last year that was going to be that was my primary goal to expose them to as much as possible so not only meeting them learning about their specific goals and their expectations of the mentorship relationship it was also trying my best to expose them to things that i thought that they would think would be interesting for example there was a group of students that i worked with they have a stock business they they issue stock picks through a online discord chat room and what i did was i introduced them to a financial model of tesla i it was just an excel file it was simple and it has the cash flows and projections and assumptions and they thought it was very interesting it was very exciting they had a lot of questions which is everything a mentor could hope for um it was sparking a lot of curiosity and i fed a lot of that curiosity too with my responses so that experience for the mentees that i worked with was very valuable because these are things they're not seeing in the high school classroom um and it was very specific to them so i think that's why it was so valuable to them I would imagine and I can only imagine the excitement of them working on something and then being shown something so advanced that they have access to. Lord Ryan, for you this must be a great part of your job is matching up mentors and mentees and trying to make that work because that must be a critical part of the success of it, right? Oh yeah, it's also really exciting. Um I think one of the best things um was one getting those mentors onboarded. Um and so a lot of our mentors come from our young professionals program at the chamber. Um and so it's really exciting to have these young mentors who had been in this place of these students like not too long ago now mentoring these high school students into their potential careers. And so the matching process is really exciting because you learn about the mentors, you hear about their industries, you get their bios, and then you present that to the teachers and the students and the students get to kind of really self-select which mentor they want to work with and you do your best to pair them by industry. And so um it's really exciting to see kind of the matches happen naturally but also like see their relationships build. Um and one of the great things that we get to see at the end of the mentoring experience is how much they've learned. Um and so there's definitely a sharing summit that happens um with our mentors um that they can share with the general community as well as our chamber team um what they learned from that mentoring process. What's the commitment for a mentor? I mean Kyle mentioned that he worked with five students last year. How long does a mentor have to commit? Yeah, and I commend Kyle for doing five. Like that is a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Um, you know, and so it's really exciting to have mentors who are really game to do this. Um, in terms of the commitment, we ask um at the chamber through our mentoring program um that they at least meet with the students twice a month. Um, that being said, it it shifts and changes depending on the mentor relationship, right? We don't want to, you know, oversee too much. um and helicopter around that mentoring relationship because we want that to be natural we want them to be able to build that relationship on their own and so sometimes it, they meet more sometimes they meet less it really depends on that how that relationship works um but our hope at the end of the day is that's a really fruitful relationship that builds and it continues i know that um i had a mentor the other 
like week told me that she's still in contact with her mentee and I had no idea um, that they're still in contact together even into their college journey. Um, so it's really exciting to see that flourish without um, even being able to see all of it like on the day to day. And is there, apart from that commitment of a couple of times a month, is there a time limit? Like, do, like for example, Kyle, do you, will you mentor somebody for just a, a project or for a specific amount of time over a year? How does that work? Yeah, it kind of just depends on what the expectations are from the mentorship experience. Like, it's very important from the get-go to understand what the mentee is trying to get out of the experience, as well as what your, as well as you communicate what your goals are and intentions are um, for, for the mentee, what you'd like to see them achieve. So it also depends on if they're working on a specific project. Maybe the mentee just wants to learn a little bit more about your industry, maybe your career pathway. Maybe the mentee has a project that they're working on that they, they need advice for and guidance for. Um, it really just depends. And um, it's the job of the mentor to be very flexible and understand those needs. Where do you see a need in in which areas do we need more mentors? Like we already know some of the areas in Hawaii where, like let's take IT, for example, a mm -hmm. huge area for yeah. growth, for potential, for great jobs, for higher earning, you know, potential. Um, I would imagine that's an area that it would be great to have more mentors. Yeah. What are the areas, and I'm thinking specifically of people listening, thinking, oh, do they need me? Can I help? Yeah, the easy answer that, to that is all. <laughs> Um, and the, the reason why we, we say that is that our students in the high school level, at least our public high schools, are now being asked to complete projects their junior and senior year where they need a mentor um, from the industry. And typically what we see is a lot of them ask the uncle and auntie who, you know, they know and have seen work in this industry be their mentor. But in reality, it's so much different um, when you have a mentor that's in the industry that you might not necessarily know very well, um, but they can impart that knowledge um, that's not from like a family or, you know, friend space. Um, so it's really exciting to have that, but also there's so many different industries that we need these mentors for. Like think about how many students there are in the state that are juniors and seniors right now looking for mentors and they're relying on that like family to do so. And we want to build their social capital and their social network. So if you want to be a mentor, say yes and come and talk to the chamber essentially. And then that helps you with your matchmaking, right? Because yeah. if you have more people in your database who are mentors, it's going to be a lot easier for the schools to reach them. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, we just spoke to someone on another podcast who that's what they do. They match people. So mm -hmm. it just seems like there's so much going on actually at the chamber. And, you know, I think we probably should, I know this is a chamber podcast, but I just feel like we should really commend the chamber of commerce because what's happened since 2020, there's been so much more action in education. Mm -hmm. It seems like to me, and so many more people taking initiative rather than just sitting back. And, you know, we've heard for years how old oh, tourism industry has to change, you know, the, the hotel and, and lodging industry has to change, but they're not, right? We're not seeing a, a whole lot of evidence of them changing since 2020. Apologies if you're in that industry and listening, but really there's not a lot because it's, as we know, tourism is that low hanging fruit that nobody can let go. But it does seem that there's so many positive changes happening in education. And I think these programs that the Chamber is is, is part of are, is having huge impact. So really, people should just contact the Chamber of Commerce if, if, for starters. I think if they're interested in getting involved in mentoring, but also in any type of work-based learning experience, I think we're excited to onboard you and hopefully get you paired with the school or um, you know, there was another podcast on Climb High Bridge. And there's that's another way that an industry can get involved. 
Um, I think one of the biggest needs that people don't see is that our educators are really looking for those people to support their students in the classroom when they don't have the content knowledge um, to teach about that specific industry. Yeah, because we can't expect our teachers. They're teachers. They're not, you know, industry you know, executives and professionals in every arena. Yeah. And so that's, that's why it's so deeply important to, you know, pair them with a the teacher. Um, and, you know, one of the big reciprocity things about our, our work is that, that they learn about what the edu- like businesses learn about the education system and what's happening. And that's current. Um, I know Kyle can probably speak to the fact that he's like met so many teachers along the way now that he's learned so much from about what it looks like in the classroom and why it's so deeply important that he's doing the work that he's doing. Um, but also thank you. I think, um, we, we've done a lot of work in the education and workforce development department to really do our best to, you know, increase the talent pipelines that are happening in Hawaii and to help our local businesses and community. Um, and I think it's, it just shows in the short, I think it's been three years since our department really got, um, the ball rolling at the chamber, um, that there's been so much work with our mighty team there, as well as our mighty business partners who are with us along the way. No, I think you guys are doing a great job. Um, I just want, as kind of as a parting note, I, I just wondered if you'd share, Kyle, you know, we know that, that mentoring is a good thing. You know, it just makes sense. Of course, you know, we know that the mentees get so much out of it. But uh, tell us a little bit from the mentoring point of view, what do you get from it? And, and perhaps more than you realized when you first went into it, I would right. think. Yeah, the mentorship experience for me over this past year has been very positive. It's been very valuable. Um, for me personally, I was able to take these skills back to the workplace of, um, because mentorship ultimately is a form of leadership of being able to develop your employees, being able to motivate them and also being able to build more effective relationships. Um, those are all some of the areas that, that mentorship touches upon. For example, developing your employees, uplifting them, when you uplift your employees, they also uplift you. And together as a team, you're able to achieve a lot more. Um, specifically, one of the examples that I, I think of um, that I worked on was I realized that people learn in different ways and at different speeds. And for me, working with high school students, it was important for me to learn how to adapt to that and be able to read people and being able to craft a message that tells the story most effectively. I found that working with high school students, what really had strong sticking power were quotes. They loved quotes where you could just caption your Instagram post. So <laughs> I always ended the, the sessions with, with a quote of the day. For example, I would say something like, people who work hard get stuff done. People who prioritize get the right things done. Stuff like that, it, it had a lot of sticking power. In terms of building relationships, I was able to work on that skill set because mentorship is all about the relationship. It's all about establishing the foundation with a mentee. And it's important to do, to do that because people need time to be vulnerable. They need time to share their goals, their weaknesses. And one of the things that I learned was in order to kind of bring down those walls, I had to be vulnerable myself. I shared some of my goals. What are some of the things that I'm working on? Why well, I'm interested in, in being a mentor. And that has been very helpful with establishing that relationship. And all of these things, I think, was very helpful for me when I bring them back to the workplace. Plus, I think there's no more joy that, that comes from being around the energy that young people have. And anyone who's involved with teenagers or, 
or sees groups of teenagers together talking. It's a just boundless energy. It's a very hopeful place to be, I think, when you're working with young people. So thank you. Thank you for your time. It was nice of you to come in and share your experience with us. And Lord Ryan, thank you for what you're doing. And you guys keep on. We'll see you again soon, I'm sure, with more success stories. Um, Kyle Madriaga is the Treasury Investment Officer at First Hawaiian Bank. And Lord Ryan Lizardo is the Director of Work-Based Learning with the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii. Thank you so much for joining us today. All of our episodes are available wherever you get your favorite podcast, including on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Chamber's website, cochawaii.org. If you've enjoyed today's interview, please subscribe. And please, if you have a couple of minutes, take the time to leave a review because your reviews will encourage other people to listen. And then in turn, that will help the business community to continue to get their stories out and to grow locally, nationally, and even globally. You've been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, presented by Altris. Join us next time for more stories of Hawaii's business.